You're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. If you enjoy the podcast, please give us a review on your favorite podcast player. We appreciate it. Uh, recently, our very own Marty Gallagher was asked to be one of three strength legends at the Living Legends Weekend in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, alongside the greatest powerlifter of all time, Ed Cohn, and Ray Williams, who currently holds the world record for the heaviest drug-tested raw squat at 1,080 pounds, if you can believe that. Mm. The weekend also included uh, the USPA Virginia State Powerlifting Championships and Strongman Open Pound for Pound Challenge, as well as seminars by both Ed Cohn and Ray Williams. So, Marty, I know this must have been a wild weekend, especially since you guys were were hanging out and you were with, uh, you know, the two of the greatest lifters in history. I know myself, Steele, and the tens and tens of listeners that we have uh, would love, hey, hey, would, I'm would love a recap of what went down. But first, don't forget about Luxembourg. We love Luxembourg. Um, High, highest income per capita, highest IQ. That's, that's right. You can know. That's and that's know. that. Really, that's an ex- exclamation point for sure. That that's really our, says something about us, right? That's our fan base. Um, <laughs> but listen, I, I want to back up to Ed Cohn real quick. Now, you guys have known each other for I don't know forty plus years. So, can you wow. give us a little background? Remind us, you know, of the friendship there, how you guys met, some interesting stuff like that. Well, I saw him before I got to know him, you know. Uh, He burst on the scene early 80s as a 180-pound lifter. And I guess at first senior nationals, I saw him in in Chicago, his hometown. And he he was the most non-imposing-looking lifter at 180 pounds. But he, How old was he? How old was he, Marty? I couldn't have been. He must have been, I guess, like 20, 21, 22 years is that old. The meet, is that the meet that, that somebody said, well, I'm going to have this kid do 2,200, and, and France said something like, uh, my kid can warm, warm up with 2,200 yeah, or something like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that, that, that's a little there. Uh, so, yeah, Ed was uh, he's very pale complexion. It read the Irish red hair thing going, uh, and uh, he he, ju- he just missed an eight hundred pound squat. And he deadlifted a world record seven ninety three. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think he benched. What did he bench? Four eighty, raw, right? Yeah. At what weight? Two twenty. One eighty. Oh, one eighty. One eighty. Oh, one eighty. Man. That's when we first saw him. He weighed 180 pounds, and he's deadlifted 793. Just missed an 800 squat. I don't know what happened. I can't remember what happened. Uh, benching him 480, you know, no shirt. And uh, it's like, what's up with this kid, right? <laughs> so um, then the next year we saw him, but now he went up to 198-pound class, and that's when he started shocking the world. He also developed a friendship right at about the same time Doug Furness the great Doug Furness was coming out of Tennessee Doug had played four years I played two years at Tennessee he'd been uh, Oklahoma Junior College national champion team for two years and him and his brother together transferred to Tennessee 
where they played on, I think it was a, I think it was a Sugar Bowl team with um, Willie Galt and Reggie White. And they both started, both of them, S brothers started. So Doug was, went with the Denver Broncos, but he had injury issues with hamstrings. He had a, um, his quads were too strong for his hamstrings. So he had, he would have pulls, he would have hamstring pulls. So that kind of ended his pro football career. And he was a running back. I mean, he was an explosive guy. He was like, uh, you know, Brad Gillingham to just skip over to Brad for a minute. We talk about genetics. Um, Brad Gillingham yeah. high jumped six foot, six foot 10 in high school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> and yeah. Burnett, started, Burnett started for Tennessee for two years, right? I mean, good yeah. Lord. Um, so when a guy like that turns it, turned his full attention to powerlifting, um, and also he got that fabulous instruction. He he uh, lived close by to one of the all-time great powerlifters, a guy named Dennis Wright. And man, Dennis was he was a low, he I don't know, he may be five five at 198 pounds. At 50 years old, I saw him bury a 800 pound squat at the at the National Masters. 198 wow. pounds, 50 years old. 800 and what did he bench 500 you know no big deal yeah. 50 years old what, what, what was what was different it, it was his training comparable to what we espoused uh, uh, a little higher volume he was more of a capacity kind of guy they squatted doug had um dennis had doug squatting twice a week they would do i think three two one in one session and then work up to i don't know something got off of like five fives in the second session right yeah and Doug said they had to, once they got past a certain point, they had to drop the second day. There was just no way. Yeah, right. yeah. Once got that they couldn't strong, recover. So strong. Yeah. yeah, they could But that's when he, when Furness, well, he always had those giant legs. His legs were incredible uh, in terms of size. I believe at this peak, he had, oh, I don't know, 33-inch thighs and 34-inch waist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, and I saw him do a backflip Maui that, many years later. Weighing 275, yeah, yeah, I saw him do a backflip. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but Marty, my favorite, I don't want to get too far off from Furness, but he was, he squat, he warmed up. So you, you yeah. said, hey, hey, what do you want for your warm up? And he said, what? That was at the same meet. That was at the Maui meet. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're in Maui, and it was a, like the greatest location for a powerlifting competition of all time. The lyrics had some good ones. Uh, but it was um, in a beachfront uh, open air pavilion. <laughs> what could be better? Right? And the weather was yeah. good. It wasn't raining. So um, Doug is like so casual. He has wrestling shoes that weren't tied. And it was like, hey, that guy's going to trip in his laces, you know. And he just walks over to the bar, and I don't know, would it have um, four, three hundreds on each side, so that, and a couple 45, so that's 655, 745, like 835. And he's, he's not wearing a shirt. He's just got his, he's got his squat suit on with his um, sleeve, you know, down. His straps down. And he's like, oh, I'm kind of getting the suntan out, out here, too. So, and he just, just goes over and splats it and just did a bang, bang. 
and nobody around. I said, well, hey, you know, he spots you. He said, it was only 800 more, you know. <laughs> you know, think about it, man. He played in front of 80,000 people every weekend. He's just a gamer, and, you know. And, late, and later that day, he squatted a couple biscuits shy of 1,000. He squatted 986. <laughs> he squatted nine. And you wanted him to go for the record, but he I had did. Totally I said, mine. Yeah, yeah, I said, Doug, he, 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 he killed 986. I mean, it was so easy. And I said, well, hey, let's you know, take a fourth and, you know, all the thousand stuff, be the first 275 or to do a thousand. I can't remember what the all time world record might have been an all time world record. I can't remember. And he was having none of it. He said, No, he said, I'm going for a total today. Yeah. And he, and he bent 600 and deadlifted 826. So, no, uh, I think he got 814 that day. And then the next meet in Minnesota, he was also, George Hector pointed out, Doug was the first guy to total 2400 twice. Regardless of body, wow. right? Because he did it in Maui, and then again he did it in Minnesota six months later, uh, and then he quit because he, you know, he kind of conquered every world there was to conquer, and he needed to make right. money, and he got he went into professional wrestling, and it was an easy transition. It was like, hey, see you, powerlifters later. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember. Money. Is he is he in that picture of of you guys in Maui? That's a good picture. Or is that Chalet? That's Chalet. Yeah, no, he's, that's in me and, he's in yeah, there. He's in there. He's in there. That's, that's me and Mark watching Doug warm up in the deadlift. That was the same place. That was that was that that yeah. was the site. Chalet was, yeah, that was a great article. Chalet was incredible. That was the that was the power lift that needs a needs a jihad article. Uh, yeah. Yep. Because yeah. your point was these guys were really strong and oh. didn't need canvas suits and monoliths and. You know, oh, no. you're, you were saying how those guys would set up, and the setup was sometimes the hardest part of the squat because Dog you got 900 was. and you're walking back and you're shaking and you're saying you're like, he's not going to get this, and all of a sudden, rock solid, boom, hits it. You know, Doug was like that. Also, Fred Hatfield had a terrible time setting up. Uh, really, Chip, Chip McCain was another one. Oh yeah, Fred invented the monolith uh, in Kauai, and I don't know. 1988 or something like that. Fred yeah. couldn't take a thousand pounds out of the rack, set it up, and he was just having terrible time. So they, Salary and some other guy, Fred stood up with the weight, and then they pulled the squat racks forward. Yeah, they moved the they moved the racks. <laughs> they moved the racks, and that became the invention of the monolith because somebody said, yeah. "Oh, we just need a device that can do that." So that was that was bad. Uh, but anyway, getting back to Doug and Ed. So uh, Furness and Ed Cohn struck up a friendship and they started exchanging training information. OK, and it was like a meeting of the minds. And they kind of came to a sort of a, the what I think of as the modern cone uh, template was really the cone for Ness template. I uh, believe Doug and, and Ed could talk better than this, but I believe Doug influenced Ed, particularly on the bench press, different grip widths and pauses and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, they developed a, a, a combined template, which I identified in, uh, I wrote the book, Cone, the Man, the Myth, and Method. Which I hear is going for 500 euros in uh, Europea. Marty, so, 
was yeah. was Doug a fan of the accessory lifts? Because uh, Cone did uh, well. Cone of, yeah, uh, originally good. started with bodybuilding and switched over to powerlifting, yeah. so he always had an interest yeah. in muscle mass and stuff like that. Yeah, so, that's a that, that's a good question. I, I am not sure of that I don't I don't remember that. Um, but and I don't I don't I can't factually speak to that. And, you know, by accessory exercises, I'm talking about behind the neck press, uh, oh, yeah. you know, Cone loved that, uh, bent over rows, oh, yeah. Cone loved that. Um, so we don't know if, if Doug liked that kind of stuff or not. Ed was and is what I call a power bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. He does the core four lifts. He substitutes the seated behind the neck press. We do the standing overhead press, although we do the behind the neck press too. Um, but he has a wide array of assistance work. He does, does arm work, curls, tricep pushdowns. Yeah. Um, right. What else? Uh, you know, uh, chins. Um, you know, he does pull-ups with massive weight strap to his waist, no problem. Uh, what else, Jim? Oh, stiff legs, deadlifts, yeah. and deadlifts yeah. off a 100-pound plate. Uh, he worked up to 845 without a belt. Oh, and the uh, deadlift off a hundred pound plate, and, you know, crazy. But all of it in the off season, everything was done to train with nothing. You're not even a belt. And, and that way you get as strong as possible with the least possible. Then that's the way we all did it. Yeah. That, yeah. Then when you put that stuff back on, it meant something. Yeah. And it was usually in conjunction with a with a, a, a forcible weight gain. You know, you might swing into the to the cycle a little out of shape. You know what I mean? And then all yeah. of a sudden, it's time we got to tighten up. And so you you know you, you tighten up the diet, but you're also heavy up. You start eating more each week. You're looking to get a little bigger, a little stronger, a little bigger, a little stronger. At the end of twelve weeks, you might you know if you put on two pounds a week at the end of twelve weeks, you're twenty four pounds heavier. You know, that does great things if you're getting stronger each week, man. You know, yeah. You did that, put that did weight that, on and peak out and everything each week, bigger, stronger. Each week, yeah. Bigger, yeah. Stronger. That momentum going, man. You get that, particularly with, with Cone and Kirk and Furness. And despite Kirk's uh, wild personality, he was a very, very, very conservative uh, projector, right? Same thing with Conan Furness. They're very realistic in yeah. their well, self-analysis. You know, self and there's two things, you know, the number one thing about going, you know, through your cycle without equipment. First of all, you hit that raw max for eight or whatever that you've never done before. I remember uh, Kirk did 640 for eight. That was his 1003 training cycle right. with nothing on. You know, like loose shorts Jim, and a t-shirt. Jim, then yeah, he threw the, threw the damn belt on and went to eight hundred for five. Right, and <laughs> so that was his. Yeah, I know. So, so the way, it, like that's a magic it, belt. Each, give me, give me that belt, man. <laughs> and each each segment of your training cycle was like a doing a meet because okay, I'm gonna without anything on, I'm gonna hit this, and I've never done that before. Then I put a belt on. I'm gonna break a new. Per I'm gonna break my personal record because you have. So that. with, yes, and within that training cycle, it keeps the motivation. Not that he wasn't yeah, motivated, yeah. but 
uh, it keeps that motivation going like crazy because, oh, what have you done with your suit straps down? What have you done with it? And it's these little records along the way that, mm-hmm. that keep you going and, and, and show that you're on the right path to hit your to hit your mark. In addition, all those guys never missed a rep. So the science comes in on, you know, you and your coach or, you know, if, I don't know if Cone had anybody really helping him, but just the fact that, you know, you know, what you can do or what you what you can't do, and you do that conservatively, and then you come off of a, a nine seventy five double, and and you know you got one thousand twenty five in the meet, that kind of thing, because you know if I miss, you know how hard it is to come back from a miss mentally and physically, but especially mentally. So you, especially you, you, you especially three weeks yeah. out. Right. Oh my God, dude! Oh my if I missed God. a rep. Oh my God, I would, I would literally. <laughs> you see, if I missed a rep, I told you that story. I, I was sitting in for my poor ex-wife, but you know, I made her watch the Bulgarian film too. <laughs> but I had a crappy, I had a crappy squat workout, and I'm sitting in the living room drinking Budweisers by the, you know, by the second, and she's like, "What happened?" I'm like, tears in my eyes. She's like, what happened? What happened? Is somebody sick? And I said, I had a, I had a bad squat workout. She was like, yeah, I'm yeah. You know, well, it's, yeah. It's, it's good I wasn't there. I would have loaded up the 38, shoved it across the table and said, do the right thing, steal. <laughs> and I would have been like, I'm ready. <laughs> that's how it is when you're all in, though, on something. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it affects you, right? because you're so damn passionate about it. Uh, I got a question about Cone real quick because you always hear about him getting stronger in like the off season, but did he ever take time off? Like sometimes after a meet, you know, guys will take a few weeks off or did he do oh, yeah, that? I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Ed was not a fanatic. He, he, he was like a, I don't know. He, he had like a normal life. He still has like a normal life. Like if you go out to eat with him, like we went to Morton's and he gets a burger. You, you, you know what I mean? It's just yeah, right. For for no frills, no, no frills. Yes, no frills. He has no problem but, going to stop. Hey, stop here and going into the Seven Eleven and getting two big bites. Yeah, but you know what? We asked him about his diet while he was at his peak, and it, it wasn't as big of a deal to him as it, we thought it, it would it, be. He was like, ah, you know, I eat whatever. Diet. It wasn't a diet. There was no diet. Yeah. His body. Yeah, he knew his body. He knew and, and, he, and he never was a pig. He was not a big eater. I mean, the rest of us were pigs. We loved food. We stuffed our face. But Ed gave us just, I don't want to say indifferent to food, but kind of, kind of indifferent to food. Yeah, maybe. I no can't see deal. him going to the no buffet, though. Would he go to the yeah. buffet back then? Yeah, he would. Like you guys? A, you know, he'd get a salad, and, you know, some barbecue <laughs> chicken. And, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't a big deal. And he'd eat it peacefully and quietly. And meanwhile, you know, the rest of the guys are taking 22 trips and taking naps. You look like the Tasmanian devil over there behind the glass at the buffet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You've eaten all you can. Get out, right? Yeah. No more for you. No more for you. (laughs) No more for you, big boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, yeah, Ed was – the nutrition part was not that that big of a a deal to him. But – and the training – he liked to train. He was like Brad and like you, Jim. I mean, you guys, you like to train. So you don't yeah. have a problem going to the gym and, you know, filling the time and doing, let's do this, let's do that. You know, we're here. We do the main lift first. That's the yeah. meat and potatoes. You eat your meat and potatoes first. You've got energy left over. Have some dessert. 
Right. And he was methodical. Right. I went to, you know, I went to quads with him, God, you know, for a week straight every day. Right. And it was just, he didn't rush. He didn't get, he would get psyched on the big stuff. But after that, he was just like, you know, working through methodical. Hey, Marty, right. you knew when it was a big set as he'd start gagging. He yeah. had that gag reflex, that nervous gag reflex that he would, yeah. before a big set, he'd be wrapping his knees, JP. It's on the film of his, his training yeah. film is so inspirational. And he's sitting there wrapping his knees and gagging at the same time. Was <laughs> it from chalk dry, dust? Like dry, no, it's a, it's yeah. a, I, I did it too. <laughs> I didn't do it. Acid, it's a little acid reflux thing. Oh, yeah, and, and you get this, it's just a release, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so so when that start started going on, you know history was about to be made. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, Kirk, yeah. Kirk throwing his Walkman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kirk was Kirk was a little more demonstrative. Let me tell you. Right. Uh, uh, but with Ed, also another interesting thing about Ed. Anyway, now here's the here's the Forrest Gump part, right? So, uh, you know, I, I was I was a good lifter. I was never a great lifter but I was good enough to hang out with the greats, right? So in the most Forrest Gump of all moments, I end up as Ed Cohn's competition coach when he has his two greatest performances in history. Mm -hmm. um, it's like being, you know, it's like I'm there when, you know, Babe Ruth hits 60 or whatever you want to say, or when Jim Brown runs for 234 yards against the Washington Redskins, and I was there again. And you're in the picture, one of those pictures of him doing what the deadlift, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, Marty. I was, I was I was this competition coach. Can you imagine? Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, uh, and like I said, it was a very force force gump like moment for me. I was okay, but how did that come about though? How did well, that you know I, he they saw me in action? I was a I was a good competition coach. I handled Mark Chalet and we moved him right up the rankings, brother. Every time he showed up, he was a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit right. better. You know what I mean? And uh, one year, and Ed was a Ed was hitting his stride. He hadn't quite peaked, but he was hitting his stride. I believe he was at was he one ninety eight or he might have been a two twenty or I think he just started being a two twenty or oh, I'm just skip backwards a little bit at one hundred ninety eight pounds. This guy. Well, let me frame it different. For 13 years, the total record in the 242-pound class was 2202. It was done by John Cuff in 1980. Incredible lift. Jim, essentially raw, right? 832. Right. This, is a guy, this is a guy who's six foot, weighing 240. Mm -hmm. Truck right. driver. Tall, skinny guy, right? Tall skinny guy for the you know the, yeah two forty yeah the rest of feet, yeah no, the rest of his mm -hmm. guys are five six yeah so so <laughs> he squats he squats eight thirty two this is IPF yeah. this is below parallel stuff narrow stance he benches five hundred raw and then he deadlifts eight seventy six right that's a record great. a record that's in the same competition all within what two hours. Yeah. Well, that record stood for 13 years. Um, uh, Dave Jacoby tried to beat it. Joe Ladnier tried to beat it. Uh, Fred Hatfield tried to beat it. Um, Kirk Karwaski tried to beat it. Um, you know, uh, Thor Kritsky tried to beat it. Willie Bell tried to beat it. All these great lifters, and they could not beat that 2204. 2202, right? 
242. Right. Incredible record. In the 220-pound class, the record was 2,100. So, I mean, it was a nice spread, right? So here comes Ed Cohn, and at 198, he totals 2,200. <laughs> he, totals, he totals 2,200 at 198, right? Our minds are melted. Yes. This is like, this is this is guy from Mars? And they were like, first thing he goes like, were these listed? They go, yeah, well, right. I, you know, the funny thing is, is people don't understand, and I, I haven't watched IPF in a little bit, but when you went over to those European uh, powerlift meets for the IPF championships, those judges are, are they don't want you to succeed, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, me- yes, I remember Yuri Spinoff. Listen, yeah. Marty, he, Yuri Spinoff had nine, 903 on the bar, and he opened his hand and closed it and then crushed right. it, and they called him on opening his hand. That's right. So as Nate Foster once explained to me, Marty, the people don't understand there are 28 causes for disqualification in the squat. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And so when he when he's totaling that, it's so legit, you can't believe it. That's right. <laughs> so That's strict. Right. And I don't care so, about the equipment. I don't care about any of that. <laughs> so that gets our attention, right? Yeah. The little kid was, was good at 181, set world records. It's like, wow, that skinny kid's great. But at 198, it was like, oh, hell. And that's when one of the guys said, uh, one, one of the great lifters, who I won't say his name, he was told the cone was moving into the 198-pound class. And he goes, well, that's bad news for the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah, it's the Tom, he's Tom Brady. He's, I mean, he's... Yeah. You know, well, Jim Brown. He's Jim Brown. He's Jim Brown. Yeah. So, he's he's so far Brown. ahead. He's yeah. Will Chamberlain. Yeah. Jim, yeah. Jimmy, so far ahead. I mean, at his peak, he was thirteen percent better than everybody else in the world. Yeah, I, I, I don't. There, I don't That's think huge. there's any. I don't think there's any precedent for that in any sport. I don't think there was ever a time in history when an athlete was further ahead of his competition than Ed Cone was. And let me tell you, this guy's behind him. We're Hall of Fame guys. It wasn't like the guys, the rest of the right. guys in the 220-pound class right. were a bunch of losers. You had Fred Hatfield, all right? Uh, Fred squatted 880 at 220, right? <laughs> he had 220, wasn't it? Jim Cash was 220. He pulled yeah. 837, right? Yeah. Uh, who else? At, at, a wild man. I mean, it was a murderer's row, man, at 220. And they, everybody was stuck at 2100. Yeah. Larry Pacifico did 2060, right? They inch, inched it up, inched it up, and finally, uh, Cash broke the 2100 barrier, right? Great accomplishment. Fred was right there, and Joe Ladnier was in the 220-pound class. He was a monster. Um, and then Ed does 2400. What is and the total the, nowadays? The time, no, but wait. I don't, I don't know. I don't care. At the time, the super heavyweight, the most any super heavyweight had ever done was 20. 425. And that was, was that done by Kaz. Yeah, that was Kaz. Now, supposedly, uh, John Weir beat Kaz's record, but it was done at a local Nebraska meet. The squats were high, and it was not. Kaz's were legitimate lists. And Doug Furness had done 2400 twice, okay, by this time. Um, but Cohn's first 2400 was Dunway in 220. His second one was Dunway in 242, and that broke 
the all-time total record. No one, regardless of body weight, had ever totaled more than Cone's 2465. That was, uh, he weighed two, I don't know, two, 240. He's pretty chunky at 240. <laughs> but, but Marty, it'd be interesting to know what thousand, it currently is. It'd be interesting oh, I don't know. to know what it currently is. Ed says it's all splintered up and the IPFs and everything is a little bit weird now. And no one has, you've got to remember, they have to match his gear. You can't. If you do it in a monolith, you can't compare it. If you do it wearing a canvas suit, you can't compare it. If your squats are hot, you can't compare it. If you use a buffalo bar, you can't compare it. You know what I mean? Well, that's uh, all yeah. good points. Yes. But my point is he was so far ahead of, uh, at the time. I mean, all these years later, I bet the total for that weight uh, class is if, not. If, 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 you make, if, if you make the modern athletes do the lifts the way that he did them, they would not be able to do them. They could match one or two of them. And you've got to remember, Cone's 900-pound deadlift at 220 was done after a 963 squat less than an hour and a half before. Can't believe that. That's unbelievable. This is, this is no one-lift specialist. Of, oh, we get to deadlift. Oh, we get a whippy bar. Oh, maybe we get straps. <laughs> Magnets. <laughs> Yeah, you can't compare it. Springs. Anytime you hear somebody say, well, yeah, this guy pulled 900 at 220, we'll say, did he squat 965 right beforehand? Yeah. Yeah. And the answer is no. Okay. Yeah, and so, that's why those guys that can bench 600 after squatting, it's incredible because of the pressure on your elbows and all that. You know, and, that, and Kirk always had that point, you know, the bench press yeah. specialist. Yeah. That's a lot easier than after you just yeah. squat a thousand three. Okay, now I got to bench yeah. five sixty. You know. Yeah. 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 That's right. Uh, huge difference. So Cone, <clears throat> I, and again, this I think JP, this ties into the larger point we were talking about before we came on air. How it appears that in terms of strength performance, and hey, really in terms of athletic performance, it looks like the human race kind of kind of peaked out. In Olympic lifting in the 80s and powerlifting in the 90s, uh, and you look at all sports like uh, the the high jump record, the, the Cuban high jump eight feet. I think that record has stood for like 15 years. You know, there's so many records that if they have been moved up, they've been moved up very little, uh, and in a lot of cases they haven't been moved. And the existing world records and a lot of things have stood for a long, long time. So in strength, I think it's pretty irrefutable. You, you yeah. look at uh, the list that Yurik Bardanian and Ryger and Pisarenko did and uh, Taranenko and the, all the Eastern Bloc, the Bulgarians, Wagovs, uh, incredible. Imagine, Jimmy. 198 pound guy snatching 424. Mm. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Well, and one of the things no, we talked no, about. No, no one, no one's topped that. And that was done in like 1980. Was he doped? Oh, I imagine so, but you know, it doesn't matter because no one no one yeah. can do it. No one can top it. The all-time clean and jerk record, Pisarinko weighing 270. Cleaned and jerked 583. You know what the record is today? And that was <laughs> the record today is like 588. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Set by set by a guy who weighs four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so it's evidence, I think, that and it's not a big deal. I mean, it's just, it's just I mean, it was bound to happen. But you don't see uh, when when Alexia cleaned and jerked five hundred and sixty-seven pounds in nineteen seventy-six. Well, for, oh, the six hundred pound cleaning jerk is right around the corner. Yeah. Right now we're what? Yeah. Uh, how many years later, and no one's cleaning jerk six hundred pounds? Okay, what's up? Yeah. What's up with that? Right? How come they have? How come they're not doing seven hundred? I tell you what, this guy Ray Williams, <clears throat> who I had not met before, he is moving the ball ahead. Jim, he is the guy that we've been waiting for since Kaz. Oh, really? Well, maybe yeah. since O.D. OD Wilson. Uh, Mike Hall was a great lifter, but this guy's a different cat. He's um, he's a top top ball player, so he's got the explosive oh, okay. game, right? Right. Uh, he's got his bones are like uh, oh man, he's nice. massive. Mastodon, right? He's got these thick bones. He he carries four hundred pounds, very athletically and lightly. Like he yeah. can dance, you know what I mean. Uh, he can move. How tall? He's how like, tall, Marty? Uh, maybe six one. I think maybe you know. He's he's six one, about three sixty two. Yeah, well, he was. He, I don't think he was no three sixty two when I was looking out. I think his traps weigh yeah. fifty pounds a piece. His legs are a hundred pounds a piece. His legs look like they're forty inches I, around. You know, first thing Ed, the first thing Ed Cohn said to me. Because I, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about modern powerlifting. He said, "Look, well, he's back." <laughs> yeah, he's just massive. And I did. Yeah. And 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 like so a billboard. Like, it was like yeah, a billboard. And we're, and we're nudging each other, and Ed goes, "He has his own zip code." <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's and oh, and this is okay. This this tells you how. Uh, genetics do count. He didn't start powerlifting until he's 26, Jim. Yeah. He had that football background like Furnas had, mm. you know, and, where and he, he had that he, solid foundation. And at 400, he can dunk a basketball. Yeah. Yeah. What? That's what powerlifting's been waiting on, man. Yeah. And so he squats 1080 and he just buries it and he just doesn't really, With, you know, and, and he deadlifts 900. With weight, okay. with a sleeve, sleeves and a singlet, right? Yeah. He's not doing wraps and, and full no, sleeves. He he's not doing wraps, no. Yeah. No, it's no, on no YouTube. Yeah. yeah. It's on YouTube. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's, yeah. he's unbelievable. He has the body to do unbelievable stuff. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I, I think he's, if he doesn't, if he can, if he doesn't fly apart and he seems very, uh, Oh, sensible. Well, he is sensible. You know what? He's a PhD. No way. Yep. He just got his PhD. I don't know quite what it's in. I don't remember, but uh, he's he's a doctor. That's awesome. So yeah. he's probably oh, very, very show. And, and I'll tell you another thing. He's not a he's not a stuff your face eater. I had many meals with him, and he just. He just eats his regular meal and, you know, and kind of picks at it. And, he, you know, doesn't not like, man, I've been out, with, you know, you go out with Kirk and Bob and it's like, oh, my God, yeah. or Ken Fantano or Danny and those guys. 
And when you're done at, at the buffet, it looks like some sort of a dinosaur graveyard, you know, There's bones yeah. and chickens, <laughs> and, you know, rib bones, more chicken bones, you know. Well, but is he competing right now, though? I would assume so. Uh, he was yeah. training hard. I believe he took a day off. I would have liked to have seen him train. He yeah, took, that a, took an afternoon off and hit a session. So I think he's scratching the surface. And yeah, uh, I believe he's doing well. I think that he's getting a lot of attention, and I think a lot of people are demanding to see him. So I think he's doing some exhibitions. He's a good good talker, and he's got that um, that that central Alabama accent thing going, which is like, you know, honey to my ears. Mm -hmm. Did he talk to you about how his training is set up or anything? No, no, no. He's not. Yeah. That we got to get him on. Let's get him on, man. He's Let's get him on. That'd be great. Yeah. But I guess my, my, my point being is that, uh, one of the things that I picked up talking to Ed, because Ed is, Whereas I don't go anywhere and I am not of the world. I'm like retired from society. Ed is yeah, on the mom. road. Yeah, Ed is, Ed is on the road continually. I mean, he's like, it's like being in B.B. King's band. You know, you, you're 250 dates a year. <laughs> and you just talk to him. He said, well, I'm in uh, Slovakia this week and then I'm in Kansas that week. And then I'm yeah. going to Australia for the Arnold. Uh, and then I got to go back to Nebraska and see my friends there, you know, and, you know, and he's, he enjoys it. Um, but he's very wired. He's very attuned. Right. Yeah. So I asked him, I said, so have you encountered anything that supplants or surpasses what we were doing, right? In terms of the training, is there any new training style or technique that if you had to do over again, you would adapt or adopt? And he said, no. <laughs> That's interesting. So many years later. Yeah. And again, because he's, he's on top of it. Now, this isn't to say that he might not things and change you know this and that but just generally yeah, yeah. speaking uh the the you know i guess uh i've always liked the phrase there's no school like old school you know mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I think that's 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 what he's saying is that now uh what we did and how we did it is still the prescription for strength training for absolute strength training that's what ed is the master of he is right. the master of absolute strength, not explosive strength, not sustained strength, absolute strength. In the church of absolute strength, he's the Pope. Okay. Right. Do you think um, I'm, a, do you, I'm a high priest? <laughs> Marty, do you think Ray Williams is training legs, squats, uh, all that much differently than you guys did? Because it I seems like we'd have to ask him. It, it seems I, like I, everybody's I, always looking for the new uh, magic wand with training and all that and, and getting so far away from what you guys were doing when you guys produced all the, the champions and really hasn't, the, the needle hasn't moved a, a ton since then. So it's yeah, like, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think it's moved at all other than yeah, God yeah. like him. Right. Yeah. Other than I, the equipment I, I, got I, better. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. 
Well, you know, when I, I got a, my, in my gym, there's a, a group of uh, a lot of powerlifters in there, women and men, and they're all doing the same stuff we did. The form is the same, the, the sets yeah. and, you know, heavy, heavy fives and triples. It's, it's mm-hmm. all the same. The, the, That's good. That's and, good. And, yeah. And, you know, there's a guy in there who squats 900, and uh, I, he did like, what, 650 for five with nothing on the other day. That kind of sure. stuff, you know, and, it, and it, yeah. So I think, you know, everybody complains, and I do too, about this preponderance of information out there. But the one thing good is stuff like this podcast, stuff like, you know, we're getting that word out and people are going, oh, you know, that's the way to do it. I don't need to do this well, and that. I can just do this, you know. Well, I also like remember how I think maybe the most recent iteration of this was Remember, not too many years ago, bands and chains were going to change the world. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was the, well, in strength training, that was the talk. The talk was flat out. Oh, no, 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 no. This will, this will supplant. This, this, this is, this is going to be a regular part. I, I don't think it is a regular part of the landscape. Do you, Jim? Uh, bands, definitely not. Uh, but some people like them. I, I just, I'm talking about to me, heavy what, strength trainers. The you know, in terms of, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like the bands on the squat because I, it puts so much pressure on your low back, pulling it down. And you know, after years of, of stuff like that, you want to keep your low back fresh. The good thing about chains is that there's no uh, no point in the movement where your leverage improves so much that it's easier. Mm-hmm. So. My bitch with chains was I didn't need any help at the top of a lift. Right. Right. It, it, I what, need, what I need this, help at yeah. the bottom of a lift, right? That comes it's an out. adjunct. All this stuff is an adjunct, but not the meat. It's just an adjunct. You know, it's just like, right. hey, hey, do uh, push downs help your bench? Do dips right. help your bench? Does <laughs> yeah, so yeah. chain work at 70%? Is that something you can add? Sure, but it's very similar to assistance work. You know, yeah, I think it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag of, you know, some coaches will recommend it and have their their athletes doing it and and some won't. They're totally old school, whatever. But the thing that I never liked about bands and um, it's always the uncertainty whether or not they're going to (laughs) snap while you're using it. I mean, imagine imagine one of those snapping while you're squatting. I don't know. You have five, six, seven hundred pounds on there. That's bad news news coming from you who are an equipment distributor. (laughs) <laughs> yeah well and another another thing is after a while man don't you just want to be able to walk into any gym and just do your lift without having chains and bands and wraps and all you know yeah you i don't want too many accessories yeah. I, I i you know i got a weight limit to my gym bag that i can bring in you know, I, had some I, guy, I don't like to load had, it up too much i had some guy the other day he was auditioning to to become a kind of a personal training client he kept telling me he's like oh i can do whatever 225 with two purple bands or you know, you know, oh, I, know. I hate that <laughs> i was just like okay well what do you think you could do like a normal squat he goes well yeah. i've used one blue band on you know yeah. with 185 and and i he sent me his um his video and you know it's just there's confusion out there and i think that Maybe there is a place for that stuff, but uh, you sort of have to master the, the ultra basics first. I mean, that's oh, yeah. very ultra, distracting. Yeah. 
I think that the elite guys today, they, they know their way around. They know what is BS and what isn't. And those are the guys that are doing the minimalist training or whatever. Uh, like you guys did it back in the day. The lower level guys are experimenting with all these new techniques and stuff, not getting anywhere, but trying it anyway. Um, but yeah, the cream that rises to the top, those guys know what's up. And uh, they're like Jim said, they're, those guys are doing all the same thing, you know, the, the sets of five and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. not fun well, training, training like a Bulgarian where you only do what? Squat, bench? No, squat, overhead, uh, you know, clean and jerk, snatch. That's it, right? You do three three or yeah. four lifts right. all the time, over and over and over and over. And they, they talk about sports specificity. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, uh, you guys did a, a play-by-play at the uh, – what was it? The um... – it was the was it the strongman or the um, or the uh, powerlifting meet over there? It was both. both. They were going. Oh, it was on, both. They had two platforms next to each other, so it'd be like uh, this lifter's up. Now that strongman's up, back and forth like that. Yeah, go into that but, a little bit. What was that well, like being side by side with these two guys? Uh, the problem was is that we had audio equipment on headphones and. It, it was a <laughs> surreal environment because what had happened was that Ken Stewart runs a, runs a really cool, hardcore gym called Tyson's Playground. Uh, no mirrors, right? Their motto is, we lift, we box, we row. Other than that, get out, right? We don't, we don't, we <laughs> yeah. don't, we don't look in yeah. mirrors. <laughs> we don't have mirrors. Yeah. And we don't have mirrors. Uh but because of they were the crowds and stuff that they were expecting, they held it at a larger bodybuilding gym. And this is Tyson's Corner, Virginia, so this is upscale. And yeah, the place was the place was packed. And there were a lot of good looking bodybuilders. You know what I mean? I mean, they they looked like, oh yeah, this is these this is real bodybuilders, you know, right? And they had the haircut and the perfect teeth, and everybody's got you know, 31 inch waist and, you know, the girls look like, you know, they should be on an episode of Vikings, you know, you, you know, and everybody's, <laughs> looking in the, everybody's looking in the mirror, you know, the mirror is very important. Everybody's trying to position themselves so they can see themselves. And they got here, here comes a girl walking across the gym doing walking lunges with dumbbells. And, you know what I mean? And tons of activity packed. So we, plus we've got, an audience watching the simultaneous strongman powerlifting competition and they're blaring this damn music so loud that we can't hear each other. I hate that. I hate that, man. And it is just insane. It's just like, I'm, I'm like Manuel Noriega. They're trying to, you know, they're, <laughs> they're playing poison over and over, you know, the rock <laughs> poison over and over. <laughs> Right to break me to to break me right and and I'm trying to hear Ed and I'm trying to hear Ray but we're like in between cuts of the songs we're like talking really fast okay well that was really great yeah we can can hear each other and I have bad hearing anyway so I mean that was it was not if I were to do it again I would insist that either we I don't know I don't know if we could do it if they insist on just pouring this, you know, the 110 decibel music 
And, you know, the crowd is not, I mean, this is not a young rocking crowd here, right? I mean, it's, they're indifferent to it. But, you know, and it might have been part of the bodybuilding gym. I don't know. But it was just so, you know, overwhelming. But we had, where we had interaction is we ate, you know, and Ed and I spent a lot of time together alone. Um, and we had a long breakfast Sunday morning. Then we both went to the seminar. I introduced him at the seminar uh, and, you know, explained to them why it was great. I mean, it's almost like Cone's a cliche, right? Everybody says, oh, yeah, Ed Cone, he's the greatest photographer of all time. And you ask me, well, what has he done? And they, they don't know. They just look right. at you with a blank, with blank face. So I explained it to, to them like we explained it today. Just, just set the table. But the interesting thing was, is that uh, when Steele and I do seminars, like we create a band, you know, we have, you know, Brad's our drummer. You, you know what I mean? We'll have, we'll have right. our, our friends come and, and sit in and, and it could be a shifting cast of characters depending on who's that could be Kirk, uh, could be Hendo, could be, you know, different different players, but we're a band. Ed is a solo act. He's a one-man he's, band. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a, he walks out on stage with an acoustic guitar and sits down. Or he walk, walks yeah. out to a, a Steinway Grand and starts playing. And he has got it down. And I got thinking as I'm watching him, I said, well, well, Dan, now he's been doing this for 30 years now, right? He's got his seminar thing down. Yeah. Because right. he's got a lot of damn practice, right? And it's just like, bam, 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 bam. Now I am picking up on it like, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. I'm sitting six feet away from him. And, you know, like, I don't know, listening to Hendrix. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> right. And he's just and it's just it's so reaffirming to me because I keep going. Yep. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Listen to that now. You know what I mean? Just everything that comes out of his mouth. But he says it in a different way. And here's what's interesting, Jim. So there's two parts. He has a workshop where everybody that's there. He looks at their technique and they work through squat, bench press, and deadlift. So here we go. So everybody takes a warm up set. Ed looks at their warm up set. Ed makes a verbal correction. Hey, on your next warm up set, I want you to sit back. Okay. Right. Don't squat down, sit back. Then he moves to the next person. Hey, on your next set, um, just, you know, uh, let's, let's just work on keeping your knees back a little more. And you, you stay right. upright. Right. Look, and he goes through everybody. Then everybody does their second set. He walks through, he gives them the second verbal cue, right? Then they do the third set. Uh-oh, now we're getting, to, and he said to me, he said, look, he said, we want to take them heavy enough with their technique breaks down. Yeah, because that's he the wants, only place you can learn. Ah, so, and I'm like, oh, okay. So we kept going. So, you know, we might get four or five sets into the squat. Everybody's got a verbal cue from Ed. He sees where they break down, maybe on set four. And at that point, he goes, okay. Now I'm going to prescribe the assistance exercise for you, right? And let's say that the squat breaks down. Um, 
they get the shoulders in front of the knees and, oh man, I got to struggle to come back erect, right? So he says, okay, for you, we're going to prescribe, um, I don't know, Romanian deadlifts. Right, because right. that's going to that's going to strengthen out your back. Your back is too weak. You can't. You're too weak to keep the weight from going forward. You've got it. You've got it. You need stronger lower back. Okay, so we're going to give you some some lower. You know, I'm just picking that out of there. Could be anything. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. It, 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 but when well, you, it's such an experience when, when you when you such, break yeah. yes exactly when you break down. That's when Doctor Cone gives you the RX prescription. Okay, for you. You know, in, in the bench presses, all right, we're going to do parallel dips with weighted, you know, or whatever. <clears throat> but he deals with what is. Whereas when we do a seminar, we will break people down to zero and just like rebuild their squat, right? Based upon an overarching prototype. Ed works with whatever he's getting in front of him and he'll modify it a little bit with each set. It's it's cool. It was a cool, different different way to do it. And then, so Marty, Marty yeah, I just want yes, sir. Sorry, I just want to say real quick. When you refer to breaking them down, when you and, and your guys break these guys down, now you'll start them all over, like say on the squat, with a a goblet squat, right? Yeah, to, to right, get exactly. that technique yeah. yep, yep, rebuilt. Yep, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eddie's just gonna. I mean, there were some. He doesn't do that. There were some terrible techniques. <laughs> yeah, right. But but you know what? By the fourth or fifth set, their terrible technique, he'd straighten them out. Yeah, and he's just yeah, doing it on the fly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 But it was just a, a completely different way to to approach uh, technique modification uh, with students, people, people who are interested. Yeah. So that was say that's a good way to do it. You know, if you think about it, Marty, when we train the tier one guys, we'll stop them and say, okay, here's what we're seeing. Uh -huh. You guys yeah. in the rack position, you know, your elbows aren't staying up. You're not resetting your elbows and your yeah. front yep. squat, you know, something like that. Yeah. 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 But, but it's, he's, um, he's a machine. You get, everybody gets attention. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, boom, 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 right? And work through the bench press, same way. And he's patient. And, you know, he's got that Irish gift of gab. You know, he's, he's, he's good verbally now. He's, he's, um, he's got a good tone to him. He's got good humor. And he puts, he puts folks at ease, right? That's good, yeah. Uh, everybody's expecting, you know, you know, egotistical dickwad and he's not that he's, uh, he's self-depreciating and uh but he's in his business he's like you know all right now this one is you know don't throw your knees together when you're coming through the second point okay you gotta gotta right. stop cut, cut that out this is the second time i've told you don't do it the next set right boom 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 like that then after everybody's workshop squat bench deadlift everybody sits down and he starts answering questions. Okay, let's ask some questions. And he will also um, offer questions that haven't been asked. Right? right. There might be some key questions that haven't come up. He goes, "All right, now look, we're gonna let's let's talk about the final four weeks of programming." You know, boom. Okay. Uh, you know, here's here's how I approach it. You know, da, da, da. and 
again, completely patient. He sits there till every question has been answered. Also, all the the good questions that have haven't been asked or answered, and then everybody parts. Everybody goes their separate ways, you know. But they are they eat it up with a fork and spoon, you know. And, yeah, I wonder and again, if they knew. He, he's 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 sociable at the end. He sits there and he takes those. Uh, What's that modern thing you guys do? This selfie thing? He does that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, selfie. What yeah. was uh? How about how about uh, how about Ray's uh, seminar at the end? No, no, no. Ray, that, did, right? no, no, no. Ray did not have a seminar. Oh, I thought he did. Okay. No, no. He was a special guest. Oh, okay. What yeah, yeah. can I ask you something? Can I go back just a little bit to the yeah. strongman? I mean, I I've never heard you really discuss strongman. I mean, what was your impression? You've probably been to strongman was, competitions before, yeah, but I mean, what's your impression of it? Well, again, and this was not this this wasn't the six foot eight, four hundred and twenty pound giants that you see on TV. These were really uh, regular people. Lifting, well, I can't remember. What do they have? They had a log press, wagon yeah, wheel some, deadlift. Yeah, yeah. Farmer's yeah, walk, yeah. plate yeah, hold. Kind of, yeah. The plate yeah, hold yeah. where you hold the 45 out in front of you. Yeah. Oh, and right. but it was but it, but it was like a bunch of you know five foot eight, two hundred pound guys, right? Mm -hmm. They had weight divisions. I can't remember. I might have been, I don't know, up to 150, 150 to 200, 200 to 250, maybe over 250. And they had women too. They had a women's division. Yeah. And so they'd step up and, you know, you'd, you'd look at the effort and the three of us can know right. what we're looking at. You know, I mean, they're, you know, it's like, damn, actually, you know, she's got another, she's got another 40 pounds in her, right? Yeah. Were you guys looking at technique and things like that, or is yeah, it just yeah, all of it? We were just we were observing it and responding to it, just yeah. like you would if you're watching it on TV. Yeah, but yeah, we're we're yeah we're between us, we have you know 150 years of experience. But yeah, how do you think Ed would have done it as in strongman? You think he would have just kicked ass, uh, of course? No, or, no, or it's a different Every, thing altogether. Uh, it's a different <laughs> thing altogether, and everybody. There's a lot of injuries in strongman. Strongman is not anything I would advise. I appreciate it, but it's uh, it's probably the most injurious strength sport because you're 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 throwing and catching things, right? You're definitely yes, and they're and they're and odd, using weird, odd implements. Yes, they're, they're odd implements, and they also there's a lot of insistence on kind of this cardio thing particularly in these TV events where they purposely make the event long because that's what the TV viewing audience wants. What they really yeah. should be doing is one rep. If they're doing the world's strongest man, it's, it's one rep stuff, but not don't make them carry 400 pounds for 20 yards, then pick up some other weird object that weighs 400 pounds and run back or run upstairs carrying a 400 pound statue that looks like, Africa, you know, it's, it's, you got yeah. to have people get hurt. Yeah, it's a lot uh, of sustained one, strength. One, one, one great yeah. uh, picture in, in um, Milo where they were at one of these uh, European strongman championships. This is in the mid 90s, and the top five finishers are there and they're pictured, and every one of them has a different uh, taped <laughs> limb. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Oh, there's Magnuson. Oh, he ripped his left bicep. Oh, there's, uh, you know, Von Carlson. Oh, yeah, he tore his quad on the uh, truck pull, pull, you know. You know. And yeah. I just, I, I look at it and go, wow, that's great. But that ain't anything I would advise anybody I knew to get into. Well, you know what? I've heard from you guys countless amount of times, you know, over a certain, in powerlifting anyway, uh, over a certain amount of reps, you're just risking injury because as you, as you fatigue, your form suffers. And right. I would imagine doing this kind of stuff, sustained strength type things like the farmer's walk and stuff with very, very heavy weights. Yeah. Same oh kind of God. thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly when you're yeah. in there screaming. Yeah. That Get Gillingham and did that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, it ain't it ain't pretty to look at, man. I don't enjoy it. It's a very strong competition. Somebody's gonna get hurt. I don't see that in powerlifting. I don't yeah. I don't see people get hurt in powerlifting competitions. I can't remember the last time I saw somebody get hurt to the point that it's like, go oh, get the ambulance. No, never. I don't see a lot of rips and tears and pulls anymore either, Tim. No, well, and it's a, the, everything in a straight line. It's three yeah. lifts in a straight line. You know, yeah. it's not uh, one one side doesn't weigh six hundred and the other weighs two hundred, and now you got to carry it. You know, are, are those guys strong? Ridiculously strong. Is Thor? All those yeah, guys absolutely. ridiculously strong. But you know, you go but into it accepting the fact. You know, you're going to get hurt. If, if it if it wasn't for the money, they wouldn't do it. Right. Okay. Right. There's 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 no. I mean, if you do do strongman, you, you want to have something even uh, we're losing you, Marty. Boy, you're, Marty, your connection is not too good. If you if you ventured away, if you ventured away from your now, we're gonna drag a some <laughs> stone and we're gonna run with it, right? We're gonna run with it. You know, you weigh three hundred twenty pounds. You're not supposed to run with anything. Do they have you gear got money, yet? For, you got uh, money. You got money on the line, man. You got, you got <laughs> money. $10,000. If you, between, you, you know, you got to make this right. You need this. You got it. That's when the bad stuff happens. Is there but any gear gonna, yet for, is there, Jim, you might know this. Is there any gear yet yeah. for strong, man? <laughs> oh, they use all kinds of, they use squat suits. They use knee wraps. They use straps. They use uh, elbow sleeves. They use all that stuff. Man. They using a bench shirt for anything? No, no, Ben. They don't do a bench thing, but no, they don't do that. But that's uh, coming. Yeah, they use all that stuff. And the deadlifts, you know, they can hitch, they can, uh, they can hold it and lean back, and all that. You know, even on the um, the press. Uh, Marty, a guy that trains at your your place. Oh, I forgot his name, but he's Kishishin, a strong man. Yeah, he developed he developed that technique where you roll it up and yep. you hold it on your belt. He developed yep. that technique years ago, as far as I know. Him and uh, the Mitchell guy, two Maryland yeah, guys, Gary. and uh, they do that all the time. You, you sort of rest it on your belt and you roll it up. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of technique, and, yeah, they use equipment. I mean, they're, they're ridiculously strong. It's, yeah. It's, uh, but but you're allowed to do things to just to get well, the weight uh, up. Uh, let's, 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 let's get away from strong, man, because that had done a lot to do with that team or any of that. Right. You know what I mean? So let's, let's, let's steer back. What else do you want to know about Ed? Um, the greatness of Ed. Well, well I don't know. I mean, you know, what did you I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the funny story about on the car ride home. So, so I had two of my young acolytes 
Riley and Nick, they kind of ferried me around. They kind of acted as my chauffeur. So in return for that, they got in to see this stuff for free, right? Because they're with me and I'm a legend, right? So I get the I get the backstage pass. So for the cone seminar, I got them both in. Oh, they're losing their minds, you know, because they're one on one with Ed Cone and they're shaking their boots. They're ready to piss themselves. And they know who he is. Yeah. Oh, and and Ed knows that they're with me, so he he's giving them double a double raft. You know what I mean? He's really working them over. So on the car ride home, I'm I'm in the back, and we're we got about an hour ride home. And they're just up front, and they're like two schoolgirls gushing over. I don't know, just seeing whoever Elvis, and they're like back and forth about the great the greatness the greatness of ed right oh god i can't believe it. i mean we just spent four hours with that tone oh my god you know on and on and on they're like what did you learn what are you like oh i liked it when he showed you know this about the bench but you know on and on and for some reason i flashed on the movie shane which is an old western <laughs> and yeah. in the, the come back shane. shane come back <laughs> Yeah, it, well, wait. In the you, you're killing my punchline, Jim. See, this oh, is why sorry, no one, dude. This, sorry, sorry. This is this is this is why no one likes you. Okay, we don't like sorry, you. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. Have, that's great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Steel. So anyway, let me let me finish the run story. So I'm sitting in the back, and the movie reminds me of the movie Shane. And Shane guns down Jack Balance at the end. The great Balance, the greatest bad guy of all time. And so. In the end, Shane says, I got to go, kid. And so he rides away, and this little four-year-old kid goes running out in the road. What does he go, Jim? Come back, Shane. Come back. <laughs> so I, I'm sitting in the back, and I'm going like, come back, Ed. Come back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself. Well, what, like, did, <laughs> what did you uh, learn from Cone that you didn't know before? Anything? Oh, I wouldn't say that. You go, oh, I didn't know uh, that. But, no, yeah. no, no. Because I wrote the book on it, right? I mean, yeah. You know I, mean, I mean, what else could you learn? Literally. What else could you learn? Yeah. Well, the techniques are the techniques, and these are the techniques that that form me too. You know, um, yeah. and there was a there was a period when Ed and I would talk. God, every every single week for like I don't know three years. <laughs> Right, because and we yeah. talked for like an hour, and we talked for an hour because he had dead time and I had dead time, and we just talked training. We talked training, 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 and we created Kirk. The conversations that Cone and I had, I used to sculpt Kirk. The first time Ed ever saw Kirk, he was dubious. He didn't know if this kid had it. I remember we walked in at Kirk. I was with Ed. And here comes Kirk, the first time Ed ever laid eyes on him. He looks at Kirk and goes, look at the legs in that kid. <laughs> <laughs> but Kirk was so bottom heavy. He was like two heavy, different. Yeah. yeah. He had a long way to go on the upper body. Yeah. You could set a beer can in his ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was out there, baby. Like a Brazilian girl. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but, but, but. Um, and, and, and this is what I would do anytime Kirk would be like, like stagnant or down, I'd go, I just got off the phone with Ed. <laughs> yeah. and, and no matter what I said, Kirk would be like, oh, well, Ed said it. 
Yeah. We're gonna damn we're gonna damn well do it. <laughs> yeah. But why not? Ed says yeah. straighten up, Kirk. <laughs> yeah. Ed says you gotta cut the party in back, Kirk. No, 36 Ed beers did. in one Eddie, 36 beers in one three hour period is too much, Kirk. Cut it back to a case. <laughs> he he does that too. That's no lie. No, he used to allegedly. That and 7-Eleven hot dogs, right? Oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, I didn't learn anything profound from Ed. I got what I did get from was watching his presentation and the way that he got his information across. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Right. And again, he's like I said, he's a one-man band. It's just like, hey, you know, he's just coming out and playing the song. See you later. Um, you know, bye bye bye, and I can see where he leaves a really good impression, and people want him back. Yeah, because yeah. he's very engaging. Uh, uh, he's definitely informative, right? You know, he's uh, doing he's a real so good. He, he, he's doing a really good job of getting himself out there. Like you said, he's always busy. He does a uh, lot. I learned that from him. I, I need better approachability because I don't. I don't. I don't. Oh, thank you. <laughs> What I, honestly, I think people are. My I think people are intimidated by you because you just, you know, you're you're like this hard-looking old dude, you know, usually with a jacket on that's staring at the ground. You don't know what if 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 a stranger's to approach you, you don't you don't know what kind of reaction you're going to get. I think, right. you know. And speaking of uh, speaking oh, of oh oh steel Still funny. Yeah. So, so am I a clown for your amusement, Steel? No, it's just funny that how JP described you. This I'm old funny. dude I'm, who I'm stares funny. at the ground. <laughs> this old dude who <laughs> stares at the ground. Yeah, I'm a clown for you guys' amusement. No, JP, that's I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to go. I'm going to go full Joe Pesci here in a minute. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jim. Jim. You, man. What am I? Marty. Clown to you? Marty, Marty mentioned uh, getting chauffeured around, and you've you've yeah. seen this. You've driven around with him. And what do you mean? I remember, I've been it. I've been the chauffeur. <laughs> yes, I know. So probably like 10, 12 years ago, uh, I, I flew out there to uh, Virginia, and myself, Marty, and Chuck Miller went to this little oh, trade yeah. show thing in Virginia. And we had left, and then we're, we were on his way back, and Chuck's driving us around in his mom's Honda civic or something this little tiny car it. and i think i think i was in the back seat and marty's riding shotgun and we so we get oh, lost damn, it, runs, it runs good why would i get rid of it jam why would i get rid of it you don't so, get hey, rid of it just, just drive it we get lost and chuck and i are conversing back and forth we're like no oh, didn't we already pass this road oh i think it's down there a mile oh i think we're getting close whatever Every time I looked at Marty, he's not very verbal. He just stares ahead and just shakes his head. <laughs> you know, like he's got this internal rage going on. He just shakes well, his head. That's, that's because I do have an internal rage going on. He loves riding with me, though. He loves driving with me. Oh, yeah. That's like uh, riding with... In my Toyota smooth as silk tundra. With the yeah. Sphinx listening to Hank Williams Jr. I, over there. I was waiting for Marty at any second just to jerk the, the, the wheel from Chuck and just plow us into the guardrail oh over God. the right-hand oh side of the freeway. Oh, my God. 
Chuck. Like, okay, I've had enough. Boys, I've had enough. Chuck is my Harpo Marks. <laughs> Banana. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Listen, this is crazy. Good stuff, man. That's great. You know, and, and you told me that Ed's seminar wasn't, you know, I don't think see, the problem is, is with everything happening so fast these days, they don't, people don't study the past enough, you know, and who the greats were. And to have Ed Cohn, I mean, when I was powerlifting, if Ed Cohn, I would have gone, you know, I'd drive 500 miles to see Ed Cohn, you know what I mean? But it's always the latest and the greatest, where if you go around Ed Cohn, you're going to learn what everybody else knows, plus more. You know, everybody's yeah. doing now, plus he's the innovator. You know, he's the guy who, well, besides being the greatest power for all time, he figured out how to do it for how long, Marty? 20 years? You know, 15, 20 years of competition. That's, that's what's amazing, you know, that he could do that for so long, too. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did Marty hang up? Trainer, he did. <laughs> oh, we missed it. We're getting oh, like one word. Okay. Uh-oh. Your connection you guys- is, uh, I don't know. Do you, do you have the tin foil on your head? Maybe that's uh, causing the uh, the signal to be interrupted. Uh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. All right. Uh, for your amusement. Listen, that was great. We better close it down. I think you're having some connection issues, but yeah, uh, you, you thunderstorms you can, coming in here. Marty, you brisket ch- tomorrow. Brisket. Just letting you know. Uh, 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 oh, you got a brisket? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got okay. that smoker. Well, I got a Traeger. I, uh, I got a Traeger. Okay, well, take a picture and send it. Send it to me. No I'm getting. No I've got a. I've got a giant beef rib that I sous vide oh. for twenty. I sous vide it for twenty four hours. Now I'm putting it on the wood smoker. As soon as I get finished with you guys, three hours yeah. of oak smoke. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Send us a picture. Send it. Yeah, well. Yeah, you mm. know what I do? I go to Cooper's Barbecue call up images, get a picture of their beef rib, and then send it out. So I did this. <laughs> Everybody goes, All right. that, looks, that looks great. Marty, you're a genius. <laughs> That's the All right. Good on Ed Cohn. Um, if you, anybody has a chance to see Ed, if he comes to your neighborhood, you should go. Absolutely. All right, uh, check out Marty's weekly column, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. You can find his latest article, Lessons from Ed Cohn. Lessons so from make Ed. sure, yeah, make sure to visit uh, Marty on Instagram at the Marty Gallagher. You can also check out uh, his and his, uh, his wife Stacy's website. It's called functional strength.org. And um, also, since 1997, Iron Company has been your one-stop shop for bodybuilding, powerlifting equipment, all sorts of stuff. Come check out one of the largest online catalogs of strength equipment, free weights, gym flooring, cardio equipment, and more. And then um, last but not least, new Jim Steele articles can be found in our article section at Iron Company. His latest article, Get Ripped and Ready for Summer, is up now, so you can check that out. He's also got a website, and uh, it is bossbarbell.com, B-A-S-barbell.com for training, motivation, programs, uh, hunting, everything you can imagine. Political stuff, I think, probably that we don't talk about on the show. And And I got, wait, I got a a new article coming out in Man's World magazine, which (laughs) is uh, 
very similar to when, remember when Esquire first came out, it was a real man's magazine and they would have, they would have, uh, you know, stuff for men <laughs> in there and uh, not, not for betas. And it's a very similar magazine. This guy came out with, so I wrote an article about training and, uh, you know, sort of like how everybody's a bunch of wussies these days and how not to be one. Oh, okay. Um, when okay. does that come out? That comes out mid-July. Okay, we'll be ready for yeah. it. Cool. All right. Have a nice picture with that, though, okay? <laughs> oh, I'll just look on the internet. Well, that's what I do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bob Burnett. Bob Burnett. What's his name? <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> I got to go make a beef rib. All right. All right, guys. Thank you. Send me the brisket pitch. Stay on All after. Right, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. All right. All right. All right. All right.